0: Hello hello and welcome to the final episode of Art Pop Talk. I'm Bianca and I'm Gianna. Today
1: is the last day of Art Pop Talk. We know this has been a dreaded moment that we have been waiting for but we are going out on top. We are going out with a bang as they say and with the APT recap of your dreams.
0: That's right. But before Gianna and I get on this Sad Girl Central Station down memory lane, we are doing one final art news segment, taking a closer look at the iconic Barbie dream house in light of Greta Gerwig's highly anticipated Barbie movie.
1: For one last time, my dearest friends, let's art pop talk.
0: Chitty chatty. So anything.
1: Right. Chitty chatty. Like it's so casual. It's like, normal. This is not some big momentous moment, right? Totally normal. Uh, yeah, I do feel like I am in Sad Girl Central Station mode. Like I want to just have a good cry. Like I want to watch Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> like that's how I... I'm feeling, or I'm just going to play like the, a very like emotional Hamilton songs. I did go to the gym today and I was listening to one last time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have a, I have a question for you. Cause you said, you know, sometimes you're just in the mood for a good cry. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to this podcast. They were saying that a walk to remember is the ultimate crime movie. So what is, see that it's not mine. And I was wondering what your ultimate cry movie is. I don't think I've ever seen that movie. Really?
1: Yeah. So I feel like I can't. So maybe it is my ultimate cry movie. Maybe I will give that one a go. <laughs> you never know. Yeah, it's like a Nicholas Sparks. You know, Mandy Moore. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've I've never seen it because doesn't oh, she like die of cancer or something? Yeah. Yeah. That's I guess that's sad. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I need something a little bit more like. Even though like the Titanic was a real thing,
0: <laughs> like the Jack Rose relationship part is more like fictitious. So Titanic, I think, is it's so good. Because it's so long that the build-up is like you're like going through all these highs and lows. Mm-hmm. And then it's it's really the last scene when she's on the boat and she she's old it's old Rose and she has yes. the memory and he kisses her hand. <laughs> victor garber <laughs> and honestly
1: anything with victor garber in it i feel like is such a good comfort watch like titanic legally blonde uh sleepless in seattle i feel like people forget he does cinderella. <laughs> he, he is in that oh, big cinderella
0: yeah yes i have i have been in the mood for legally blonde uh hmm. this week i i definitely feel like watching legally blonde um I think it's also in part uh, gearing up maybe for our art news. We are planning an ultimate Barbie birthday. So two of my girlfriends here in Boston also have July birthdays. And so we are doing a triple threat birthday celebration with the Barbie movie. So we're going to go see Barbie in our Barbie core attire. So everyone is going to dress up as their favorite Barbie. Okay, so what Barbie are you going as? Have you Gianna, figured this out? I, oh my God. I'm thinking about wearing a wig. <laughs> I'm thinking yeah. about doing a platinum, a platinum blonde kind of classic Barbie. Definitely want to go pink. I, I don't know about like doing businesswoman Barbie. Like I want like party Barbie, you know? Mm-hmm. Like she's ready to go out, Barbie. Um yeah. So, but I'm having a really hard time because. Margot Robbie in her cowgirl Barbie outfit Mm. is also, I'm living for it, but yes, I think I just haven't, I've been looking, but really it's about the outfit. If I I found an outfit that when I see it and it really speaks to me, that's going to be the Barbie. Do you know? Like Yes. I'm not not trying to force myself into one Barbie. Yes, 100%. Although I will
1: say, I know that Dua Lipa is- I believe, Mermaid Barbie. She's Mermaid Barbie. You are kind of giving me like Mermaid Barbie vibes because like you have always just had like the long hair. Like, I don't know. I feel like if you – It's kind of giving like disco, like fantasy Barbie vibes, which I feel like is up your alley.
0: Yeah. And it's also very
1: on trend right now. I feel like, you know, Disco Dance Party,
0: Mermaid, Grand Central Station is very on vibe. I would love to be Mermaid Barbie – I just don't know how I'm going to get around the tail all night. I could wear a tail, like a long skirt and then like a seashell bra, mm. but I just don't know if that's the Barbie I'm willing to go out with on my birthday because we yeah. are going in public. It's not Halloween. like it's, <laughs> it's just your birthday party, but I don't know. So, you know, I, I did see The Little Mermaid last night. Oh, also. you did? Yes. I Tell did. us your thoughts. So Halle Bailey, I thought was excellent, which is no surprise. Like, I just, she's so cute. And like, I just, I just love her so much. And also like, you know, I know that they didn't film underwater, but like when they are underwater in the movie, like, I'm like, her skin looks good in the water. Like, how is it like her? She <laughs> <It's> looks amazing. <laughs> like, so
1: unfair. I will say i've never like thoroughly enjoyed learning about a making of a movie so much as i have little mermaid Mm -hmm. just because of mostly like the glamour team that was involved like she had specifically like one person doing her lashes she worked with like a world-renowned uh hairstylist that like worked with the like also, the animation or like the CGI crew amazing, to yeah. talk about like how that would translate when they animated her hair underwater, because um, all everyone's like hair underwater was all animated. Yeah, but I just like was so fascinated by the technology of it all yeah. and the glam and, of it all. The glam the, team yeah.
0: outdid themselves. Yeah, they she she looked incredible. I will say though that Melissa McCarthy's makeup. It, it, <laughs> I – that's so funny that you bring that up because that has been, like,
1: the one thing, like, people were, like, they just didn't go there. Like, people drag really wanted – never. I know.
0: I know. It's just, like,
1: are we surprised, though? Because I feel like that's, like, classic Disney, like, teeter-tottering of, oh, we're actually – we're not going to make this person gay, but we're going to hint at things that's, like, yeah. they're gay. And or, like, we're not going to go
0: full drag, but we all know. She... Right. And she was – a lot better than I expected. I did not go in with like the highest expectations for Melissa. Not that I don't dislike her. I think she's a bad actress or anything. I just, I, I think maybe I, I really wanted a drag queen to play Ursula. Uh, but she, she was good. She was very good. But I, I will say, I was like, yeah, that makeup ain't it though, girl. <laughs> <laughs> like, on, on a little better, but <laughs> that's okay. Uh, then the other thing like overall i i did like it underwater scenes were not my favorite though i actually really liked the like on land part because it was the part that was different we just got to see more about like the island and it makes sense she's not in like a european island off the coast of S- you know like somewhere you know it's right caribbean and so it which makes sense and so i just i loved seeing the the on land scenes were cool kiss the girl was my favorite song i really like that but the the choreography and the the editor or i get the director of some scene i know it's one director for the movie but like just the 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 choreography that the bodies had in some scenes were just really bothering me. And in Prince Eric, he gets a solo song. And I really liked the actor for Prince Eric. But he has a solo song that was just terrible. And the choreography was so odd. Like, he didn't know what to do. Like, no one told him where to go or where to stand. <laughs> like, it was just so goofy because and it wouldn't have been if they if they like directed the scene better that was Mm. my that was my biggest issue with it
1: and that's interesting that you're talking about the choreography and that not being an underwater scene because learning about like watching the behind the scenes about how they had to do this choreography without like obviously you can't do that with like real underwater creatures so
0: Like, how they did that was very thoughtful. I'd love to watch a documentary about the behind the scenes of this movie. Like, a full documentary on the making of it. Because I think that would be really interesting. And it, it it looked good underwater. Under the Sea, I will say, was like a letdown compared to the animated version. I just didn't think it was... It was, it was lackluster for me, but I've been a little, honestly, I'm
1: like a little scared to like go see it on the big screen because I don't like like deep ocean scenes. Like it gives me a lot of anxiety.
0: Oh, the, the Ursula, when you see Ursula's home, I was like, oh fuck. <laughs> Is that, like it was scary to look at, yeah, but then I, I was I should
1: probably not go (laughs) see this movie in theaters. I have been hesitant. And I know, Bianca, as soon as they made this movie, I was thinking about, like, oh, in the animated version, in the
0: OG, like, there's a little shark attack scene. And, like, I Uh know they're going to be throwing that in there. like. Yeah, but that wasn't the scary part. The scariest part for me was Ursula because they go deep. And I was like, oh it's, uh-uh. it's no! No, I just, hair. I really don't like it. I was, scary. I really don't like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the I eels were scary. Just... Flotsam and Jetsam, Jep... They were scary. <laughs> 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 Flotsam <Flopsam> and Jetsam. <laughs> I
1: truly that? never thought about it. <laughs> you just said it um yeah I'll just probably wait till I can see it at home (laughs)
0: yeah I mean that's fair
1: yeah um oh my gosh so I mean Bianca this is last chitty chatty so I mean I kind of feel as though if if there's anything that you want to get off your chest let people know the highlights of what's going on in your life now's the time or forever hold your peace (laughs)
0: i don't know i feel like I i feel like i'm just like i said last time like i'm just i'm in summer mode i went to a lovely bachelorette party last weekend went to dollywood last weekend and that was the kickoff of summer and um i'm just excited for summer i mean i've got some summer travel happening at the end of june um ready for ready for fourth of july ready for barbie lots of big movies i feel Andrew and i were talking like this is the comeback summer of or this is like the comeback of the summer blockbuster i think like indiana jones we have little mermaid barbie is going to be huge oppenheimer um, a new transformers movie we have into the the second Into the spider verse um what else we have there's so many trailers we saw last night um I feel like a lot of a lot of summer movies are are coming out. That's exciting. I'm excited to go to the drive-in. And then your your wedding caps caps all of this summer. So (laughs) my wedding caps the cap. I know. I am really pleased about that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm really timeline. I'm I'm
1: really happy with myself.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So I'm just ready to I'm just I feel very like happy to just like cruise along this summer and feel like it's i don't know being able to travel a little here and there being able to see people but also really like take in you know a good like leisurely the leisurely moments too i guess in in boston so Mm -hmm. it'll be nice yeah absolutely Gianna, anything well (laughs) speak now (laughs) forever
1: you'll never hear from me again um I feel the same. I feel like my seasonal depression has lifted. I feel like I've got the sun, you know, energy. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. I don't. So, that has definitely been bringing like a new. But on the other hand, we are in the three month stretch from the wedding. And so, Uh with the summer, has also come. A level of anxiety I have never experienced before in my life. But the good news is, is I won't experience this again because I only plan on getting married once. Um, so I never have to do this again. But I was at a wedding reception this weekend, actually. And I was just talking with some other girlies I know who had just gotten married. And they were talking about the the three month mark and how. They were like, ah, yes, like, I remember this time in my life. So <laughs> uh, I feel as though I'm not alone in it, but I also feel like we're in the thick of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm um, just excited to get this show on the road. Got some, you know, exciting things coming up. Um, like Bianca said, I'm just excited to see, like, family and, like, yeah. friends over the summer and then mm-hmm. get to, like, encapsulate that all with the wedding. So Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So the last wedding updates, I'm sure that you all are so sad. <laughs> Everyone's like, why
0: is this podcast turned do a wedding show? And <laughs> truly, <laughs> I've really hijacked it. Uh. <laughs> all right. Well, are we ready for one final. <laughs> And for today's art news, we are talking about a story from Architectural Digest on Barbie's Dreamhouse. Like I said, I am personally invested in this Barbie movie and, um, you know, I'm going full in on, on this is Barbiecore summer. You cannot stop me. And I don't know... I feel like there's kind of two camps where one camp is like, I could care less about this Barbie movie. Like I literally don't care. And then there's me who's like going to throw up watching the trailer, her fucking feet stepping out of those heels. I, I just don't like, I'm going to, I'm going to throw up. Like it's just, it's just amazing.
1: I would agree with that Bianca. And I think it's because this is really like a pop culture fanatics dream because of those (sighs) visuals and how Mm -hmm. immaculate they are there's just something about it
0: that is truly hitting oh oh my god it's just it's just everything i ever wanted and there's nothing that i wanted more than barbie's dream house and then now it's like you mean to tell me that someone really really made barbie's dream house and not only that they made barbie land and it's just (laughs) I I'm just gonna cry. Like <laughs> Do you want dream. me to cry? <laughs> yeah, I, I will. So um in this article from Architectural Digest, it reads, Barbie's dream house is no place for the bashful. There are no walls and no doors, said Greta Gerwig. Dream houses assume that you never have anything you wish was private. There's no place to hide. Greta Gerwig, who is the director, obviously, for Barbie, enlisted production designer Sarah Greenwood, and set director Katie Spencer. They are a London-based team, and they also worked on period pieces such as Pride and Prejudice, Anna Karenina. The two for the Barbie movie took inspiration from Palm Springs' mid-century modernism, including Richard Neutra's 1946 Kaufman House and um, they say, quote, everything about that era was spot on. They strove to make Barbie real in this very unreal world. Uh, The team had apparently never owned a Barbie before, so they literally ordered a dream house off Amazon, and they used that to study the scale of the house, and they said that The scale was quite strange. They had to adjust the room's very quirky proportions, and they needed it to be 23% smaller than human size for the set. And Gerwig said, quote, the ceiling is actually really close to one's head. It only takes a few paces to cross the room. It had an odd effect of making the actors seem big in the space, but small overall. This uh, dream house, the set was uh, built on Warner Brothers Studio um, outside of London. And Barbie's cinematic home reinterprets Neutra's work as a three story fuchsia fantasy with a slide that coils into the pool. Gerwig says, quote, I wanted to capture what was so ridiculously fun about the dream house, alluding to past incarnations like the bohemian 1970s model uh, that had trompe l'oeil Tiffany lamps and the 2000 Queen Anne Victorian house, uh, which had all these lounge chairs. Gerwig said, why walk down the stairs when you can slide into your pool? Why trudge up the stairs when you can take an elevator that matches your dress? Her own references range from pee big adventure to actually something we've talked about here on APT, which was Wayne to Bode's paintings of pies. Um, for Barbie's bedroom, the team paired a clamshell headboard upholstered in a velvet sequin coverlet. Her closet has all these coordinated outfits that are in what look like Barbie boxes, Uh Greenwood said, quote, it's very definitely a house for a single woman, Uh, noting that when the first dream house came out, a cardboard foldout was sold in 1962. It was rare for a woman to own her own home. Spencer adds that, quote, she's the ultimate feminist icon. Gerwig says, quote, we were literally creating an alternate universe of Barbie land. She is aiming for authentic artificiality at every opportunity. Um, So they have a lot of CGI, which you can see in the um, trailer where Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling are kind of moving through all these like iconic Barbie Uh, modes of transportation, like the RV, they have the jet ski, they are in like a winter scene, and there's that kind of CGI background, but it looks very playful. Also, of course, everything needed to be pink. Gerwig adds, maintaining the kidness was paramount. I wanted the pinks to be very bright and everything to be almost too much. In other words, she continues, she didn't want to forget what made me love Barbie when I was a little girl. Greenwood said that construction actually caused an international run on the fluorescent shade of Roscoe paint. The world, she laughs, ran out of pink. So if I could live in Barbie's dream house, I would. I mean, there's no doors or anything like that, but if I was in Barbie's dream house, I might get over it. Bianca, literally
1: 100%. If I could live in an all pink house, just in general, (laughs) um, I think I would love that. I... I'm so excited for this movie. I just, like you said, it's something about it that hits so good. And I really, really feel like she is doing Barbie so much justice, which I also think we all really appreciate and are just looking forward to. But I will say, I think it really is interesting to hear about them talk about like the scale of the Barbie dream house, because there's always something about Barbie, like furniture that was ergonomically always way too small for the actual <laughs> for <your> size <laughs> of a barbie it never yeah. like fit you know when you think of like a like that we had like the slug bug right like the barbie yeah. slug bug and like how their bodies like stick out of the yeah. top of the <laughs> yeah. car you know it's like they never quite fit so it's really interesting it'll be like that's the kind of like little visual things that i'm talking about right that translate so well and you don't understand why unless you really dig into those visuals. So I think that's why I'm like, wow, I'm like, is our podcast not meaningless and like makes
0: sense? (laughs) I'm so happy to end on this note. (laughs) 100%. No, I thought that was a really cute little story. And I love the wind to boat inspiration and it's definitely cool to see like the you know palm springs like i was like oh i gotta go go to, go to palm springs like <laughs> the dream house is based on, <laughs> on these faces like that sounds great and i'm not really a I, mid-century modern is really not my favorite aesthetic it just for me it feels a little bit overdone these days but there's something about watching the trailer that they they incorporate it so well to where it just doesn't, it doesn't feel like they're forcing mid-century modern onto the house. It just feels like, it feels like you're the thing that you played with, you know? Right. And
1: you know what that is, is it falls in line with our like retro futurism discussion. Yeah. I think when you add in those elements, it does create this kind of other worldly environment, which it, the Barbie land or Barbie world definitely is. And they incorporate Mm -hmm. other things in that, like CGI. So where, you know, like this is more of a fictitious place. Right. But I do think that as always retrofuturism is, you know, lending itself to stuff like that. We're just going to continuously see it in these subtle ways. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Bianca, what an excellent, art news story. Thank you so much for sharing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, are we ready to shift gears? I little? I think so.
1: So for today's last art pop talk, we are going down memory lane. It is time to reminisce. Bianca and I are going to go back and forth. We are going to ask each other questions, kind of highlighting our time and years together on the podcast and just recapping, you know, the highs and lows, pits and peaks, the fun and the joy, favorite episodes, all the fun things, just so we can get a grasp of, you know, everything that we've accomplished in are leaving,
0: LOL. <laughs> <laughs> so... I'll I'll go first. I'll see you a question first, Jana. Okay. My first question for you is do you remember where we were when we came up with the idea for it? Is? I cannot believe that you want to talk about this. You know what? It's the last one. We said we would never talk about it because we we're embarrassed.
1: It's literally we so embarrassing. It's like ew, like your Midwest is showing. It's very like a cringe. <laughs> Um yes, I do remember <laughs> where we were when we came up with the idea of APT. So <laughs> Theban was with us. Theban was with us, yeah. And I regret to inform everybody that we were at a Chick-fil-A <laughs> <laughs> eating and hating ourselves, but having a delicious chocolate and strawberry milkshake and chicken nuggets and French fries. Yeah. You know what the funny part of that conversation was, is the name of the podcast Art Pop Talk came up very naturally for us. It was like the first name that came out of our mouth. We were like, oh yeah. and like, what if we had a podcast? And oh, what if we call it Art Pop Talk? And we were like, yeah, that's <laughs> okay. like perfect. Okay. And then we, I don't really feel like we really tried to workshop other ideas. It was just like- all went down at the Chick-fil-A. Like there was something in my strawberry milkshake of shame that was like, your podcast will be called Our Pop <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, it didn't take us long. You're we like, this sounds good. And a couple months went by, pandemic occurred and the rest is history. <laughs> yeah, pandemic happened really
1: soon after that. And then I finished out my uh last semester, Uh, in Edmond, I moved um, out of my house in in Stillwater. Well, I was mid moving out of my house because my lease was still up, but I finished out the semester and Edmond and Bianca was still living at home. And it was like a really nice time to be able to like kind of workshop everything, put pen to paper. And I can't believe, you know, that feels like such a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. And also for everybody's reference as well, today's episode will be our hundredth and 11th episode and I feel like that's really great and really incredible and I feel like that's 111 episodes of content that will continue to live on and hopefully you know provide great things for people (laughs) I don't know (laughs) or maybe not maybe it's just noise but Uh, yeah I'm I I feel really good about like ending on 111 yeah I like that so Virka also my first question. What were your initial feelings about going into business with your
0: sister? <laughs> <laughs> uh I guess I didn't really have any fear cuz you and I I feel like we're on a you know, we shared spaces together, we lived together. You were you were in a different program than me, but we worked together at the museum. You know, I you were definitely while well, not in art history it was still in the same vein as me at school and um i didn't really have any issues i just thought all right yeah let's go for it <laughs> let's go for it yeah i just think that's interesting
1: cuz i i feel like i get that question a lot they're like oh mm-hmm. like you work with your sister or like when we lived together in college like you know yeah. we lived really well together uh, yeah. like outside of i think like our childhood home i think when we yeah. kind of revert back to like our childhood home. We also revert back to like old habits a little bit, (laughs) which can be fun, but equally destructive. Um, So I don't know. I feel like that's a question I get a lot. People are just, I think, curious when um, you have like a sibling that you're so close to, like in that way that you have like, you know, a family relationship or friendship and also like a business really like professional relationship.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That is true. I have gotten that question a lot and I I don't really think twice about it. I guess Mm -hmm. I just didn't, I didn't have any like thoughts that it wouldn't be a positive Mm -hmm. working relationship.
1: I think so too. I think like for me, like you are just my like forever collaborator as well. And I think that's just, Kind of the nature of like where we came from, like in academia, yeah. like being so close. But if I have like a question or like an opinion, like you're just always the first person that I like come to, or that I need like something proofread, or like, yeah, is this bad? Is this good? <laughs> like, <laughs> you, you will be the first person that I always run by, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. So,
0: yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, number two. <laughs> What were your pits and peaks of running APT?
1: My pits and peaks of running APT. Um, I think the thing about being like a small business owner or just being like an independent creative is you have to be a person that wears many different hats. Yeah. And I think that is where the burnout comes to play and like you kind of wish that you could be putting that energy into other things so like not it would be great to be able to just focus on the research and the content but that is not a luxury that we have like we have to be our own social media quarter coordinator like I have to design and keep up with our website like also like RIP website (laughs) like it's stuff like that um where i i truly really think the burnout like does kind of come into play and especially when this isn't the only thing that's providing me like income or other streams of revenue like in my life other things that i have to focus yeah. on so when you have so little spare time i think that just also I think outside of college too, I've just become very aware with like how precious my time is. Like yeah. and I don't like don't really feel like I felt that way in college because that was kind of all I was doing. It was very kind of siloed perspective and that this is just the one thing I'm working towards. Mm-hmm. But now that I kind of have to obtain my goals, like kind of outside of like my nine to five your time becomes this very, like, precious, valuable thing. And so I think that can be kind of sometimes where you can fall trap. Like, you can fall into those pits of, like, how do I overcome all these other things and manage all these other things that I have to do, like grant writing, funding, sponsorships, web design, social media. Oh, and I also have to focus on the content. So I think that is part of, like that, that time that I'm, that I am happy to kind of get back to be able to kind of put into something else.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so I'd say like that is kind of like a realistic perspective of maybe some of the pits, pit of despair, but the, but you know, the peaks were so much better. Like, yeah, I feel like, you know, it's always, like, the good, or I hope that, you know, it's, like, the good outweighs, like, the stress, the bad, the ugly, um, those things. But I, I also feel like, yeah, I don't, like, it's just brought me so much joy, and, like, this is where I'm not, like, where I'm not going to cry. Like, getting to me, like people and collaborate with people like across yeah. like, the world, like really is not something that I thought was going to happen, especially right post undergrad and in the pandemic. And mm-hmm. I was never like a Tumblr girly or an internet girly. Like I always yeah. joke about that. Like I really feared the internet, but like being able to participate in like this kind of realm of the art world mm-hmm. or the podcasting world, creative world has like just been so lovely and I'm really fortunate for all of that and I'll be very very happy to keep up with those relationships that we have created and also just like being able to do this with you for the past three years like I feel like it's such like an incredible memory that we're gonna like always have and that's what I love most yeah definitely yeah that was a long answer (laughs) (laughs) so I'm gonna ask you the same question uh what are your pits and peaks of running APT
0: I feel like mine are really the same. Mm-hmm. Um, I it's just it I uh, so I I bought a plant, and well, actually, <laughs> Aunt Rosella bought me a plant, oh. and uh, it's the first plant that I've had in my apartment because I am not a, a plant mom. I envy those who are. I I just don't. I don't have the green thumb, and Andrew definitely does have it. But we've been weary of keeping plants in the house because Ollivander eats all these plants. So we were keeping a plant in a pot. He does. Ollivander has swallowed whole like three of my air (laughs) plants. Yeah. (laughs) He just, he will tear them to shreds. So I bought a pot to plant this thing in because we were keeping it in literally like a cooking pot, like a pasta pot (laughs) like for weeks because I didn't have a planter for it. So I go to this plant store and this guy was he was the owner of the store and he was awesome. He is actually an artist and he 3D prints planters. Like he designs them and prints them and then uh sells them in his store. And he was talking to me and I was and we ended up talking about like, oh, I studied art history, I have a podcast, but and, but then I I had to uh, people have been asking about the podcast lately. I'm like, Yeah, but it's coming to an end. Like I don't yes, wanna same. like I wanna warn them before they like Oh great! And mm-hmm. I'm like, no, no, no. Like for first you can still listen, but like, I just want to be very forthcoming with, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. So I'm like talking to the stranger about it, and he was like, Oh my god, no! Like, don't stop the po-. like. He was really trying to convince me like not to end the oh, podcast, god. and he was like, That's so niche, like that's so cool, and I was like, Yeah, it is cool, but man, it's been. You know, Gianna and I had a lot of amazing help from people getting the podcast started, turning it into an actual LLC, like designing merch, making the music. But at the end of the day, it's just Gianna and I trying to run every single department of this business. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, Editing, it's research, it's equipment, it's social media, it's trying to get our name out there, applying for grants, like applying for sponsorships, trying to grow the podcast, like and then the mental toll that took. You guys know why I ended up getting rid of TikTok, because that took a serious mental toll. And I'm I always think about if you could have just pushed your what where do you think we would be if we were able to create. More content on TikTok because we were really starting to take off on TikTok, but I couldn't do I couldn't do it. I knew right. but I at knew what I cost, couldn't do it. Like, but at what your cost? Your right, like mental health. And so, I I couldn't do it. I just and so that's a big pit
1: mm-hmm. for me.
0: Is like what could be because every time I talk to someone, they're so excited about the podcast. And this guy was like, this is amazing. Like this concept is so cool. And I'm like, yeah. Or, you know, when I listened to your and Jane's episode, I was like, this is a great show. Right. <laughs> and then it just, it's like instant regret, but yeah, but it's just, it, the, the pit is just that we don't have, not that we don't have support because we have so much support from people, but it's, the, it's just the band. We don't have the luxury of quitting our jobs and doing this and only this. Right. And, you know, maybe if we did that during COVID, we would have taken a different path. And if we said, you know what, we're quitting our jobs, we're only investing in this, we're gonna hire people, we're gonna hire interns, you know, but that's just not the way it worked out and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But it is like a it's just like a a back and forth that, you know, I think mm-hmm. about, I guess. But my peaks are the same as yours. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, yeah.
1: We're on the same page as always. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what have you learned about being a businesswoman, uh, or uh, what have you learned about podcasting? Mm, yeah, I'd say,
1: you know, all the little things that you talked about, like very little, the sponsorships, the grant writings, the applications, the building an LLC, building a small business, all has really. Uh, Lend itself to me to where I would like to be in kind of the next phase or next trajectory of my career. And what I have complained about pretty consistently on the podcast is that my (laughs) undergraduate degree really did me like a disservice. I feel like really did me dirty. And how when you are going to school to you know get a BFA, you're just taught how to make art, and it's not a prerequisite to um, or a part of um, the program to take a business course Mm -hmm. and so I feel like I've just been really out of the loop on a lot of things you know and so I feel like not that art pop talk was like a soft launch like for myself but there's so much that I've taken from it that I am that I've learned that I will take uh, with me into the kind of the next phase Mm -hmm. of um you know my professional or independent career I just Mm -hmm. um And, you know, everything you do in life, you take, you absorb, and it lends itself to the next thing. But I will say the more time that kind of progresses, like it's very evident that kind of this is what this project, um, this amazing wonderful project is, this is how it's going to serve me. Um, And also just the content from it. Like I think I've really learned you know, what content I'm interested in, what content I'm good at producing and how it can mm-hmm. translate into other forms of media as well. Yeah. 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 Um. Okay, Bianca. So what was one of your favorite interviews or special guests on APT?
0: This is really hard. I, I've been thinking about this and like you said, we've had literally every guest we've had has just been so amazing. I think that the... One of the most impactful ones for me was having Yataka Starfields on because we we started our museum career by learning about his artwork and mm-hmm. learning how to give tours about his artwork. And when we found out he was, you know, interested in coming on the podcast, I mean, I was like, oh, my God, fuck, like a celebrity is like coming on our podcast. <laughs> like, It was just, it was such a surreal moment that someone I admire so much and someone with such success in their careers coming from the same place that I came from Mm -hmm. uh, was willing to talk to me. And I just, I admire Yataka so much. And so that, that was a, that was a really, really big moment. And that was pretty early on too. So um, I feel like I I would say Yataka's was just really impactful. Yeah
1: totally yeah that'll be like like at my funeral I hope like that's like the list of Gianna's like accomplishments (laughs) (laughs) and she interviewed like artists from around the
0: world Uh like Yattica Starfields
1: like yeah
0: (laughs) um Gianna what was the most startling discovery that you found on APT
1: okay this is like (laughs) this is maybe not like super serious. I don't know. Because sometimes I do feel like the imposter syndrome is real. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, another aspect of this is like younger sibling syndrome. Like, and I I feel like that's okay to share. Like a part of, or like just being transparent about like kind of the working relationship that you have with a sister or a sibling who you're, like, super, super close to, but also look up to and put on this, like, incredible pedestal, you know what I mean? But, like, I feel like what I have learned on APT is that I am fucking hilarious. Like, I think I am so funny. And... I truly think that that is what I bring to the table and I've like literally sometimes like we have these episodes of art pop talk and we're bringing on these like historians like I have so much respect for women's art Wednesday Jane and Paloma comes from especially Paloma she's just like this collector of degrees like just incredible like such a well-spoken brilliant woman, and like Sometimes I'm just like, "Mm "Hmm, yes, yes, yeah." Like, but I truly feel like that's okay because I know what I bring to the table with this discussion, and I feel like it's a little bit of comic relief, and I feel like that's okay. Um, But I feel like I've learned to, because of that, also like forcing myself to be a part of discussions. Uh, be a part of the conversation, interact with these people that I Mm -hmm. do hold for such high regard has really helped with some of my like imposter syndrome. But also I just think I'm really funny and enjoy myself. And (laughs) I feel like that was a pretty startling discovery discovery because sometimes like the self-loathing is like super real. Um, But as far as like our overall content, like startling discoveries, I mean, I feel like there are a lots of little examples that I could give you, but I think the best part of APT is looking at something, analyze something, and then us having a conversation and just working through our thoughts and feelings about it mm-hmm. together and changing our minds about certain things together. And I feel like so often like we are not like able to do that or to like change our minds about something or mm-hmm. to let ourselves be persuaded. And um I just think that's been kind of the funnest thing and I think a refreshing perspective or conversation to have just like in today's world. Um, like little things like that we've discovered, like our discussion on Ray Dunn, I feel like was by far like one of the <laughs> most interesting. I think like retrofuturism has really, yeah. really made me look at um has made me look at, um, like, fandom or, like, nerd culture, like, Marvel Mm -hmm. things, Marvel-esque type things, like, very, very, like, differently. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm always on the hunt for these things now. I would say also, like, our bathrooms or bathroods episode is also, like, I hope every time anyone ever goes into, like, a public bathroom is, like, thinking about
0: like the yeah. concepts
1: of a bathroom and just yeah. it's like, I had no idea. You know what I mean? Like I go use a bathroom every day and I don't think about like all these yeah. things. Yeah. So those are like the fun things, but overall, I just feel like my Starling discovery on APT is I know what I bring to the table.
0: Well, I just want you to know that while you are fucking hilarious, <laughs> I never laugh harder than when I'm with you or Julian board. Por- <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> I also want you to know what incredible host and researcher you are as well. And you're an amazing creator. I mean, you studied art, so no, obviously you're an amazing creator. But outside of being funny, like you put in a lot of work and research and you're also very good at that. <laughs> okay, thanks. And, but that's the <laughs> point is like research doesn't have to be boring and you can present it in a funny and entertaining way. That was the whole point of APT is like, why is art history like up its own ass half the time? (laughs)
1: Right. No, for sure. And it's just interesting. Not that I feel like an odd duck out. It's just, you know, my perspective and how I talk about art, like the way that I speak about it comes through the like creation of Mm -hmm. of art. And then perchance someone might read like some obscure artist statement, you know, Mm -hmm. somewhere. Um, so, you know, the kind of putting like pen to paper, um, I think like art is kind of like a formal and yet informal like experience with creation and I think that really lends itself to the way that I talk and the way that I Mm -hmm. write. I need that, um, I need like the eye lens and Mm -hmm. sometimes art history doesn't always do that, you know. It's like you're not allowed to have like your own perspective. You have to speak for the canon and contribute that way. Right. Yeah. So, Bianca, this might be a good next question. How has
0: art pop talk helped you professionally? I mean, it was everything to me professionally. Uh, when I didn't have a job, this was my profession. Mm-hmm. Um, it's helped me realize that I can voice my own opinions and not be so scared about. I think I know we've talked about that a lot, but you know cancel culture can be really toxic while it's good to call not good people and things out it's also it also creates this kind of suffocation of culture and opinions and it creates fear of being wrong and being judged and I think this has taught me how to be vocal and stand up for myself also. And that's not something that is encouraged by academia or art history or museums. Um, That is a profession where I felt swallowed and beaten down and there was no, there was no room for growth, but because I had APT because I was a content creator who is turning academic research into something that's fun and digestible. I am where I am now with my new job. And I absolutely love my new job. Like I just and it's it's really I'm I am where I am because we had APT. And it, it means everything to me into my professional career and where I'm going from here. I mean, I am a content creator and content manager in the The best way, and it's just it's so much fun and at my job, I can create things that are accessible and fun, and I can reference pop culture, and I'm not put down mm-hmm. because of it uh, and they welcome that, and they accept it, and yeah, it's not gonna fit every piece of content that I work on, but they're they're so open to ideas that I bring to the table and we can collaborate and build off those and like expand upon those. And that's because of APT. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what is the cringiest moment you feel like you've had on APT? I feel like for sure, just in general,
1: like our first episode was for sure like the cringy like it keeps me up at night and yeah
0: but we never take it down we like, I know it's, it's because I feel like
1: it- I I need it like there's <laughs> like I need to like humble myself and yeah. I need everyone to know that <laughs> I'm like,
0: from the bottom. Now we're here. Like I am <laughs> humble
1: as fuck. Like go listen to my first episode that I have like full free will to take down. And I don't, you know, yeah. I just think yeah. it's like when you, the first picture I drew was shit or like all like half the things in my undergrad portfolio are mm-hmm. just like a joke or like a rip off of something I saw like on Pinterest, you know? And yet all of those things I think are like building blocks. And I also keep and I hoard all those things because I love the record and the documentation of being able to look on that development, like that Mm -hmm. development, I think- looking back at that record is, like, super helpful to mm-hmm. me. And so that's the amazing thing about having, like, a digital archive like the podcast is you can go back and you can see that record. And we've had, like, moments where it's, like, we've we've done episodes where we thought this was, like, a credible perspective, but then through other conversation, we were, like, oh, you know what? Like, rich people own art and I just need to get over that. Like, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Or, like, just there's so many little examples, but um, I just think it's important to keep also those kind of first like baby step episodes out because I, you know, not that this is like a super inspirational platform or hopefully like, you know, people are like, I want to be just like Bianca and Gianna on APG, the podcast that lasted three years. But I think like building blocks are helpful and for other people mm-hmm. to see that. Yeah when you're starting something out, it doesn't have to look pretty. And coming from someone who's getting over their perfectionism and their people pleasing, when I start something, it's like, I want it to be this like perfect thing. And that's just not realistic. And I feel like a Mm -hmm. lot of like, you know, business owners or professionals, uh, small business owners would kind of say that, like, if you just want to start something, just start it. And yeah. it's okay to grow from that. You don't need to erase mm-hmm. that. So, yeah. Yeah. But as funny as I am, I'm also equally just, like, cringy in my day-to-day. <laughs> okay. I do, like, 10 things a day that just – I constantly am just embarrassing myself. But – Yeah. So Sorry, I'll it also honest. just add Gianna to that list <laughs> in general. <laughs> okay. So, Bianca, what is your – speaking of, like, this isn't, like – a place where it's aspirational podcast. I'd want to know what is your final piece of advice um, you would like to pass along to creative and our listeners who have joined us for you know these years who you know have struggled with the same pits and pinks of the art world that we have.
0: I think the the biggest thing, like I said, you know, how has it helped you professionally? I mean, APC just totally changed the outlook on what i think is possible for myself and you know it's really hard like Gianna said we we could have just quit our jobs and decided this is it we're doing this full-time let's see what happens while we didn't take that path like I you know don't be afraid of that path don't be afraid of of analyzing all your options, but take stake in how you're feeling and understanding that like one path might be an option, but the other path might just be as good, if not better. And, you know, your trajectories can change, your ideas can change. You don't, you know, I think today we're, we get very hell bent on people flip-flopping like, oh, well, they said this last week, but now they, you know, now they're saying this. It's like, okay, well, I just don't be afraid of of welcoming change in yourself because it's brought me to where I am now and I think that Gianna and I also had a lot of personal learning like like Gianna said I when we started like I was like this has to be perfection like we cannot miss one week like this has to be amazing all the time we have to do like x amount of research hours to make sure that everything is perfect and you know there was a part where I was really afraid of opening up about, like, my true feelings or or letting what I needed get in the – or I guess, like, kind of uh, go up against what I thought APT needed. Mm-hmm. And those things can interact and they can go together and you can change and y- you should welcome that and embrace it because it can it can lead you to anywhere. And, and no path that you're going to take is going to be the wrong path. Mm-hmm. Gianna, what's something that you wished would have happened on or for EPT? I would say IRL collabs. Yeah. And
1: this maybe isn't so much of like a wish, but like I for right now, like in the state or the size of like our like humble podcast operation is I don't want to say that wasn't like that, or that couldn't be a realistic goal, but it's just also another thing that now like we're having to coordinate, and especially when you are like in a rigorous schedule that is uh, with your full time job, then it's you're also asking yourself to take off time and use your PTO to then create something to happen, or like a workshop or a discussion. You would have to take off time work to do that. And especially for me in this past year, like it's been an incredibly busy year, um, having a lot of family affairs and having to reserve that time, that sacred time for these, you know, personal things that are happening in my life with my family. Um, but I will say that the IRL collabs is something that I definitely am craving, but I think that is just something that I am needing to listen to myself more about and how I'm craving that different kind of connection. Mm -hmm. And I think that is just kind of the marker of where I'm at and how I need to move forward in my professional career and how I want to be involved in the arts in more of um, that capacity. Um, And I think, you know, sometimes when you are, talking on one end of a microphone, like it can kind of feel like a very siloed um, experience. It's just being able to converse and discuss and teach and learn from other people in like a physical setting uh, is just different. And um, I think we're all kind of just probably coming off of that post pandemic as well, um, that I'm just very ready to enter a lot of other spaces again Mm -hmm. and you know for better for worse that is academia for for me um Mm -hmm. and I'm excited to be kind of like a learner again and maybe a more kind of formal capacity I feel like I've been a learner like for myself like that's what I've loved about our pop talk and I will continue to be a learner like for myself but um perhaps like the again for me the creation aspect comes into play and um, I think this past three years has gotten to me gotten me to a place where I have been mentally ready to be able to create again and I feel like it's been such a long time coming and it's like I can see the light at the end of this this tunnel but like really I was, um, you know, had a lot of ups and downs, um, after graduation was going through a lot of, a lot of health issues, struggling with chronic pain, recent diagnosis. And so now that I feel like I have gotten a handle on these things, like art is starting to enter my life again in different ways that I'm yeah. really, really happy about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I'd say, yeah, the, the IRL. But, you know, again, like we created a digital platform and that doesn't always lend itself to a digital platform. And that, that's, that's okay. during the pandemic.
0: Yeah. It's like we didn't start, it's not like we started in a physical space and then had to take ourselves into the digital realm. Like we, right. you know, and then being apart, you know, not in the same location. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like COVID, COVID was an opportune time for us, but also in the art space, it is- odd that for so long we couldn't go into those mm-hmm. places or you know we got a few in there but mm-hmm. yeah
1: and I just had like a disjointed relationship with art spaces too at that time too like I wasn't really comfortable being in those spaces pandemic aside yeah and there was like bridges needed to be like rebuilt
0: yeah Bianca what were your top five favorite episodes of our pop talk This one was hard, too, but I I went back and kind of picked some favorites. Um, Bumble Boys will always be one of my favorites because I remember you and I going to the park and coming up with the idea for that episode. Do you remember that? Oh,
1: yeah. We were
0: at a park in Edmond, and uh, it was COVID, so I had just moved back, and we were kind of ideating about APT and the themes and some initial episodes, and... uh, bumble boys art and dating was one of our first episodes that i felt really like really good about and uh so that was a fun one uh second canceling coco chanel is just i learned so much and take that with me every day you know what's so crazy is when i was looking back on our
1: episodes is that that episode happened so early on
0: i know Did and i, I thought this and thing. i was like i feel like, it was what? like last
1: <laughs> I did not realize how early on that episode was. I was like, wow, we have been really like- You you talk about her way too much. Way too much. We've been talking about her for way too long. I was like embarrassed. I was like, oh, I didn't realize that- We talked about that that long ago. (laughs)
0: Um, Number three, Watermelon Sugar. That That was a weird episode where I think just the name of it lend itself to so many listens too, because that was like one of our first episodes that really took off listener wise. Mm -hmm. And Gianna and I were like, this has like 300 downloads. Like, why does this have so many downloads? And we're like, well, now it has 500. Like now it has, so it, so it, it really took off. And I think when, I don't know if it's when people searched watermelon sugar on Spotify that it, our episode came up or what, but um that's one that i i really enjoyed the content of that episode and then also it just it really took off for us and that was exciting mm-hmm. um the montero episode that? also was that almost made the list but yeah. Yeah. yeah uh could your kid do that i still love that episode it's one that i still reference a lot because we will always get the conversation of like i could do that my kid could do that and it's such a it's such a good lesson. It was such a valuable discussion, I think, that we had about who gets to create art and what is the origin of ideas and how art is valued. And that was really good. It was also literally written in the stars that praise be Northwest <laughs> went to her painting class. Yes. Uh. And we got to talk about it, and it wasn't pl- like we planned that episode before we found out about North's infamous painting. And I'm just so here for it. like it was just great. Um, that's the cut co- like that is it's just like one of those like you know, the uh, uh the epitome moment of APT where it's like this is like, this is exactly what we want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, then bathrooms and bathrooms. <laughs> one, the name, it's just so funny. And, um, I feel like it was a really good, it was almost like a, like a healing moment where I got to talk about this thing that I experienced and, uh, almost like learn from the way that I handled my reaction in that experience, but turn it into like a positive conversation. Because at the time that happened, I was fuming. And then I got to bring that to like a very cool discussion here on APT. And so that's my five. <laughs> I love it. I also, can I just say, sometimes
1: I'm so proud. Like I love our episode names, like bathrooms or bathrooms. I that's love iconic name. The, Um. Dunn and dunner with D- yeah. dumb and dumber <laughs> or triptych with diptychs yeah gianna and josh turner
0: i am going to the discordia show this friday also <gasps> are they coming to boston? boston yeah i'm really excited except gianna i ordered a t-shirt which i'm gonna i'm going to lunch with the band on friday nothing makes me feel cooler than like taking discordia out for like beers yeah. like yeah We're like get to sh- a place called <laughs> salty girl <laughs> <laughs> so i'm really excited <laughs> i love that um, and uh, yes yeah, so i'm going to going to lunch with the band on friday but i ordered a t-shirt like in april because i want to wear your your work and my discordia merch to the show and it's still not here yet oh just get one at the show They'll have merch. I know, merch but table. I you paid for it? Well, then just they'll give. It's Josh will just be like, okay, yeah. I'll just give you one. <laughs> I know. I just the... have. I just have to talk to the band. I'm gonna be like Miranda Crossgrove in School of Rock, and like, listen, I need you need to get your merch together. <laughs> I have not received.
1: Band it. manager.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: I will say the vinyls finally came in for Triptych, and yes. Josh gave me mine and. Exquisite. They look so good. They look really good. Yeah. Yeah. Love it.
0: Well, Gianna, should we do one more question for each other? Yes. Let's do one more question. I'm going to end with what are you going to miss most about APT? I will miss having a fun fact about
1: myself. Like, hi, I'm Gianna. I have a podcast. (laughs) Now, what do I have? I have nothing. (laughs) I'm just somebody's wife. not a bride anymore just somebody's wife (laughs) um I do feel that way a little bit because I love a good kind of fun fact but also at the same time going back to (laughs) something that's cringy I feel like having like a platform in general is like super cringy so also being like I have a podcast like please don't judge me (laughs) like I'm a podcaster (laughs) um so there's, like, pros and cons to that. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I think I'll just, like, miss the weekly, like, check-ins that, you know, our weekly mm-hmm. meetings. I will really miss our Google Doc. The Google Doc yeah, is chitty where chatty. it happens, chitty-chatty. Like, the Google Doc brings me so much joy. Pranks in the Google Doc. I know. So, I love
0: when I, when I get to talk to you in the Google Doc.
1: So fun. So I definitely will – miss that. But there are also aspects of that that I know, like, that's my favorite part that will never go away. Because like, you are like my lifelong collaborator. And, you know, some things that you and I have talked about was, you know, these are ideas and a perspective that has changed us. Like, it's it's a lens that we like to share. And I don't think that'll ever go away. Mm -hmm. And I think one thing about the podcast is we are providing access to this perspective through this form of media but I think that that can this information can exist in a lot of different ways and so you know I think in the future Bianca and I will probably humor each other to kind of keep talking about these things but I think it'll just look different it doesn't have to only live on this podcast so that is why yeah. also I think even though like, Art Pop Talk, like LLC, that is coming to an, an end. The ideas and the conversations that we have about art and pop culture are not coming to an end. Yeah. And so that's the part that doesn't feel sad to me. hmm yeah. 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 Okay. So my last question for you, Bianca, is what things
0: from your APT Flex Kit will you continue mm-hmm. to carry with you? Um, A mic. Um, I would say a Google Drive. You know, that's always on, on my phone. So uh I do I do love our Google Docs. Um a Chrome Kataka sticker mm. that's not fucking stolen and <laughs> sold on Redbubble by someone else. Mm-hmm. An original, <laughs> an original APT Chrome Catica sticker. Um and maybe like all the imaginary merch that we never got to make. Oh, oh yeah, just our our hopes and dreams. <laughs> yeah, <hopefully. laughs> Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> yeah.
1: Amazing. Um I also did I
0: Oh, I I have one more. Oh, sorry. I... Please go ahead. Uh, the infinite amount of photos I have of museum labels like the didactics like photos of didactics I'm like oh this is such a good ABT topic yes (laughs) yes for sure
1: yeah yeah that's all I love it excellent answer I figured it's it's always nice to to end on
0: what would you put in your flex kit yeah 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 that's a great party question that we can we can take with us Mm -hmm. I don't what are you going to say
1: I want to say that I love you and I adore you Bianca Martucci Fink thank you for sharing these past years of collaboration with me appreciate your time (laughs) want to be respectful (laughs) I know it's been three years I think I've taken up enough of your time um, so I want to thank you, but I also know that Bianca and I um, as a whole want to thank everyone who has supported us and supported the podcast, Audrey, Sid, Adrian, Josh, our lovely mom, and all of our guests. Just thank you. Thank you. Thank you for continuing to be our biggest cheerleaders.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. We, said it from the beginning, but we have a lot of amazing creatives, creators, people in our life. And, you know, through APT, we met literally people. I just, I'm I'm forever grateful that I know because of this weird thing that we put on the internet. And um, it it really means a lot. And I just, APT is coming to an end, but know that you can always find us. You can always talk to us. Uh, Social media is not that hard to, you know, communicate by. I hope that we've accomplished kind of what we set out to do, which was make art conversations more accessible and don't let the man, you know, beat down whenever you are in a museum or you're in a discussion or you're in your art history 101 class you are entitled to opinions that are also correct. And you can talk about art however the fuck you want. And if you want to talk about it in tandem with Lady Gaga, you're right to do so. Because the way that you interpret the world around you has come from what is in the world around you. And it's okay to have those perspectives. And I, I hope that you guys have seen us do that on our pop talk and put that out into all of the art and pop spaces that you that you enter i will just echo everything that bianca said
1: as much as i want to drag this out and never get (laughs) off this mic and just sit here for eternity but yeah So you all might be wondering where you can still access the podcasts, although we are not producing them anymore. So you should still have normal access to the Art Pop Talk podcast on all streaming platforms. Um, That has not gone away. Our social media platforms will not be deactivated immediately. So if you do want to reach out through the Art Pop Talk social media platforms, feel free to slide into our DMs. That goes for our email as well, artpoptalk at Gmail com. If you have any inquiries or want to get with Bianca or I, uh, just let us know through those platforms. You can also find us through our personal social media um, if you like. Uh, which is linked. yeah. Don't
0: hesitate to reach out to us personally. Like Jonah said, email isn't going anywhere anytime soon. We're probably not going to check it regularly in the future as we start to phase more of the business things out. But Don't be scared to reach out on LinkedIn, Instagram, you know, whatever. Wolf, You can find us, I guess. So don't be afraid to to go to our personal accounts either. Yeah. We still exist on the internet. Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) We do. We do. Um, But again, as our
1: pop talk, you know, was this digital archive, we want you guys to have access to that um, and be able to just reference it, like always, where you find your podcast. And with that, to our lovely Art Pop Tarts, thank you so much for listening these past years. We appreciate your support and your conversation. And with that, thank you so much for Art Pop Talking. Bye, everyone.
0: Bye. Art Pop Talk's executive producers are me, Bianca Martucci-Fink. And me, Gianna Martucci-Fink. Music and sounds are by Josh Turner and photography is by Adrian Turner.
1: And our graphic designer is Sid Hammond.